Listening to what Lincoln's thinking. What up, bro? Peyton Peterson and Colton Trump here, bringing you stupid ass comedy, outrageous sports takes, and taking you on journeys of some whack ass stories of ours. Colton, say what's up to the folks. It's been a while. Hey, folks. Sorry for the uh, long delay. A lot has happened since the last time we chatted. You know, um, I mentioned before that I am a broke unsuccessful young journalist and now I'm even more of an unsuccessful journalist as I'm working at an elementary school so things are going great over here and now that I'm working full-time it's been harder to really get recording time and really bring up those creative ideas but Colton and I here we had some pretty fun times here and um Colton what's the sitch is that like Mike this situation or what what yeah it's kind of like that but not at all. No, not at all. No, not at all. Oh, okay. Well, so there's actually a basketball tournament in Lincoln. It's a memorial basketball tournament. It's a co-ed tournament, and it's adults. I mean, high schoolers can play, but it's mostly adults. And uh, we went and did some drinking. Is we went drinking? Mostly. I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking because yeah, we're in Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, drinking Lincoln, baby. Did some drinking. Played some basketball. Well, I didn't play basketball. Peyton played the basketball. Colton watched from the bench. I'm, I'm the bench warmer, you know. But, um, yeah, so Pete Sish Memorial Tournament, annual tournament in Lincoln, Montana, every year, except for, you know, the COVID years where we don't talk about those dark times. But we've mentioned this before, this tournament, and it's just great for the town, not only economically, but it brings people together. There's also the farm fireman's ball the same weekend, so... It's one of the better times to be in Lincoln for, for which activities, Colton? Oh, drinking. Oh, drinking, that's right. And so, yeah, the following weekend I went and played at Wayne Estes, which is an, another memorial tournament in Anaconda. And it's a lot bigger, larger scale, but I think I can speak for all the people that go to Lincoln for Peace And, I mean, Peace Sitch is just the best. It's undefeated. It is the best. And so while we were in Lincoln... I took the liberty of asking some friends what their favorite part of, of Pete Sitch was. And Colton, I found really the same answer throughout a number of people. What, what's your favorite part about Pete Sitch? Oh, I'll probably say the drinking. You, you know? think so? Yeah, the drinking aspect, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what everyone, including Colton, had to say about their favorite part of the Pete Sitch weekend. What's your favorite part about Pete Sitch? Drinking before 9 o'clock in the morning drinking and seeing my friends and yeah family and what Trump said I just love getting out there and putting in all the hours that I can to hear my baby cry and Vivian what's your favorite part about Pete Sitch my favorite part would probably be uh, getting blacked out the camaraderie the drinking after the drinking. Uh, just coming here, usually getting blacked out after the games. Um, just watching basketball, you know, just watching the game we all love. So yeah, I don't really want to put a bad name on Lincoln, just how much how much we drink there, but we can't help ourselves. It's fun. It brings people together. It gets the people going, you know. It gets the people going. And so this year, 
I was back back uh back on the old Lampkin squad, just having a grand old time. And for a number of reasons, but a year ago we tried to create a super team and we just found that was not the route to go. No, yeah. I'm a pretty competitive guy and we made this super team and some people dropped out last minute to be expected with adult basketball tournaments. And I thought we were actually going to win the whole thing, but we ended up placing not even top three. And this wasn't as fun, you know, the drinking aspect, the hanging out aspect, and just being around everyone you like just didn't feel the same. And that's part of the reason why I decided not to play this year. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Trump here has retired. He hung them up, you know, put them boots away. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, and this year playing for Lampkins, you know, I just found, I mean, it was a different, it, it was a difficult transition at first, maybe because no one on this team actually cared about winning basketball games, yeah. which, you know, coming from Lincoln, I, I know my fair share, I know how to, I know how to take a loss, all right, we, we did our fair share of losing. Oh, yeah, all about that. And, so yeah, we lose our first game by, what, 30, 40 points, I don't really remember Something like that, yeah. And then the second game, we played against the Sitch family, and to be expected, we won by over 10 or something, but it was not, you know, it was a close game. It was, we were just out there, you know, it wasn't exactly the best display of basketball. And then the third game, we ended up losing by four points, but before this, we had decided we're going to lose this game no matter what. Why is that? Because the winner had to play at 9 a.m. the next day. And we're like, eh, let's hold the L, stay out drinking all night, not have to get up super early and play basketball again. Yeah, you got you got to weigh in your pros and cons. I mean, like, pro, you play another game of basketball. Con, you can't stay out drinking as long. Because ideally in Lincoln, you know, you drink until 2 o'clock, you close the bars, and then you find an after party and you drink until about 5. So that puts you at roughly about three hours of sleep if you like wake up, pack your stuff, maybe try to sober up a little bit. Well, yeah, and so Friday night, or yeah, Friday night, yeah. I went home pretty early, like before midnight. I was being a good kid, you know, I didn't want to be dead in the morning for my game. And you went out to an after party, and there was just hood rat activities. Yeah. Yeah, we had a little bonfire. It was probably like negative three outside. I was wearing my typical shorts and cutoff. You're wearing a cutoff? I was, I was wearing a cutoff, yes. Yeah. I'm not sure what I was thinking, but... And then people just started showing up with side-by-sides and trying to drive through like four feet of snow. And shocker, that thing got stuck, bro. At like five o'clock in the morning, some guy just showed up with some heavy equipment just to come pull out this side-by-side. It was insane. I would not be that committed. Like, if my friend called me, he was like, hey, I got my side-by-side stuck. Could you come pull me out? I'd be like, fuck no, dude. That's going to be there till spring. <laughs> and you ended up getting to my mom's house at, what, like, 5 in the morning. I'm asleep on the air mattress. Colton wakes me up. I don't know how, but I was able to fall back asleep eventually after Colton had done got done microwaving eight plates of food. But <laughs> you get home at, like, 5 a.m., and I went and woke you up. At like eight or something for my morning basketball game, not knowing you stay out that late, and you got up and just went on with your day like nothing happened. Yeah, you looked like shit, but you know, <laughs> it looked like you got hit by a bus. Oh, that bus definitely hit me for sure. 
And so yeah, Wayne Estes was a blast. It was super cool to check out the town of Anaconda and play some ball with some friends. And the level of competition there is definitely a lot higher, but Pete Sitch is a 10 out of 10 experience for those who like to play some casual basketball and just have a good time. And now, transitioning to the NFL offseason. All music for this episode is brought to us by our great friend, Zaya Blotkamp. The intro song and all music you'll hear throughout this, our 21-year-old father that we love dearly. And so we want to say thanks for the music, Zaya, and you'll probably be hearing more moving forward. But yeah, Colton, so far, NFL offseason, what's your favorite move so far? Probably Carolina moving up to number one, obviously. Even though it really fucked over the Colts for trying to get a, actually a good quarterback, but... It's time for them to actually get a quarterback instead of getting Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, obvious bus who didn't make it. Hey, you watch, you watch those words hey. about the Niners' week one starting quarterback. What are you even talking about? I can go out there and start over Sam Darnold. I, I wish you could. Please. <laughs> so do you think that the Colts actually stand a chance to trade for Lamar? I think we do. Like, I'm not sure if we'll actually pull the trigger about that one because we're kind of a no-name organization that just kind of goes with the flow of things, and it's typically trash. But our owner is getting pretty upset with the mediocre quarterbacks that we've had the past five or six seasons. So this is actually one of the first times I believe we'll actually make like a big splash in the trade market since DeForest Buckner. I have a pretty good feeling that we'll probably give up the two first-round picks that is needed for Lamar Jackson. The only tough thing is we have the number four pick. I, that brings up my next point, and I've heard this on several sports talk shows recently. Do you think it's a possibility you wait till after the draft so you don't have to use that high pick? You use the next two first-round picks? Yeah, that, that's kind of a good idea. I was also thinking maybe like maybe draft night as well. Like We wait and see if like for some reason C.J. Stroud falls or... Young falls. I My favorite quarterback, as you guys have already heard, is C.J. Stroud. If he falls to four, I think we draft him there. But I think we wait till the day of the draft, and if we don't see what we want, we'll probably just trade it that day. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I think you speak for a lot of Colts fans out there when you just want to, like, you want change. You want something to happen. Yeah. And so we're not exactly the sports show that's going to bring you news updates by any means. And, uh... So yeah, I've taken the liberty to make up a top 10 list per position. We're going to start with the uh, off- offensive side of the ball. So um, you're going to hear Colton's live reactions to my top 10 per position. We'll go quarterbacks starting 10 to 1 and working our way through the offense. Colton, you excited? I am very excited. I'm excited to see what trash you have in your top 10. Oh, there's some trash. There's right. some trash, baby. And now, for the first ever What Lincoln's Thinking Peyton's Top 10 Players Per Position in the NFL. Entering the 2023 season starting at the quarterback position. At number 10, Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. Hell yeah, dude. Much respect for that pick. And... I mean, I'll get a lot of hate for that pick as well. But, um, you know, I just feel like he's a type of player that can make a, I don't want to say a Jalen Hurts type jump, but if there is a player, then I think that he's it. And I think they're going to make the moves for him. 
And at number nine, Deshaun Watson. You got Bill Cosby himself on this list, huh? I, hey, he did pretty bad last year and hasn't really played much football recently. And he's but I gotta believe, with the talent that he has and the team that the Browns have around him, I, he has to be a top 10 quarterback, you know, playing a full season. He's a sex offender. <laughs> At number eight, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, that's fair. I know you think it's low, and it kind of is, but there's so much Aaron Rodgers drama right now. Is he even going to be on, on, is he playing for the Jets, you know, just work, we'll wait for that situation to sort itself out, but the back-to-back MVP currently sits at eight, and at number seven, Trevor Lawrence. I like that one. At number six, Jalen Hurts. Oh, that's way too low, man. Way too low. Yeah, uh, that's not a popular spot for that one, but... These guys in the top five, I just can't put Jalen Hurts above them until I see more. I want more. At number five, the man seeking a contract, Lamar Jackson. Come to the Colts, man. Is he going to get that contract? Probably not. At number four, Josh Allen. That's good. I think that's good because he got super overhyped. Everyone thought he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread last season. I'm glad he's coming back down to earth. And I, I think that's a good spot. Yeah, four. he was. I, I, I'm a big Josh Allen fan, as a lot of people in the NFL think I are. But yeah, definitely very much overrated going into last year. So I, I'm rooting for him. But yeah, and at number three, the former Oregon Duck, D'Anthony Thomas. No, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Herbert. Much love for that. Dude. I love Justin Herbert. Always have. Always will. That's right. And a lot of people are going to think that's too high, but suck a dick. All right. He's got what it takes. At number two, Joe Daddy Burrow. Burritos. <laughs> and I know you're, cause you're, you're a homer, Colts, not Colts, well, you're a Colts fan, but uh, Oregon Ducks fan, you're going to want Herbert above Burrow, but Burrow's just, the resumes, you know, it's pretty damn good so far, so... I think the only person better than him in the league right now is number one, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I bet Miss Piggy is so excited to hear this news. Mm-hmm. As so is the rest of the cast of the Muppets. And yeah. <laughs> everyone hates Patrick Mahomes' wife and his brother, but you can't deny that the dude is a top five quarterback of all time if he retires today. Today. Alright, so that's my quarterbacks, Colton. What's your favorite part about it and what's your least favorite part about it? My favorite one is probably having Justin Fields actually in the list. I think he's actually going to make great moves. I think he's going to do just fine next year with the Bears. And they're kind of trash, but I think it's going to make them be above trash. You know, not great. I don't think it takes quite a Jalen Hurts step. And probably my least favorite is probably having Deshaun Watson on there. I don't think he deserves to be on any list because he hasn't proven anything. He should be on a list of prisoners. Yeah, he should be on the sex offender list is what he should be on. <laughs> That's the only list that man should be on. <laughs> I have no further comment. And moving on to running backs. I'm going to start at 10, work my way up. And at number 10, Tony Pollard. 
you're, you're coming in hot with those 10 picks, man. Like, people who are, like, underrated but going to be good. I love it. Yeah, and Tony Pollard, I think, is a player that a lot of people have liked, like, as a young player, but he just didn't get the playing time behind uh, slow-ass molasses Ezekiel Elliott. So... <laughs> Hopefully he recovers from that injury. We love to watch him play, even though I hate the Cowboys. Sorry, Tara. Yeah. At number nine, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, and without Aaron Rodgers, that man is that offseason. Mm. I would demand a trade today if I'm Aaron Jones. Yeah. At number eight, Kenneth Walker the third. My sleeper pick last year, man. A sleeper pick in fantasy. I knew he was going to be a I know dog. you were super hot on him. You loved him. And I feel like Brees Hall ends up having the better season if he doesn't yeah. get hurt. But I simply think, given his injury, you know, Kenneth Walker deserves to be in the top 10. He's going to do great this next season. At number seven, Jonathan Taylor. Have some respect on my man, dude. Like, I know he was hurt all last year, but you put him behind any offensive line, and he's going to put up numbers. Yeah, I hear you. And. <clears throat> Though he didn't put up much numbers last year behind the Colts offensive line, I hope he gets healthy and he's able to be back to top three potential. But just as of last season, for a person that had him number one on their fantasy team, I'm pissed at Jonathan Taylor right now. So he sits at seventh until he shows me that he's healthy and then he can stay on the field and carry my fantasy team once again. But yeah, sorry, Colton and other Colts fans around the world. At number six, the NFL's leading rusher, Josh Jacobs. I think that's fair because obviously he had the best year of his career last year, but that's a one-off type thing. I think he's good at six. Yeah, and I, yeah, I want to put him higher, but as far as the other talent, I feel like six was a good spot as well. So at number five, Saquon Barkley. Probably a little too high because he's even more injury prone than Jonathan Taylor. I know, I know. But going into the 2023 season, that's what this list is based off what players I think are going to have the best season and sort of coming off last season. But yeah, I, I hear you with Saquon. Maybe I'm a little biased because I loved him coming out of Penn State. But at number five is where he sits. And number four is Austin Eckler. The man's a touchdown machine. He is underrated as a whole. That he's man needs to get paid. Yeah, exactly. He's seeking a contract right now. And I I hear you. As a running back, you don't get paid that much. Give me my money is what yeah. you're saying. So, And I think the Chargers have to. That man is, is their offense, really. And at number three, Nick Chubb. In my pants. Perfect spot for him, number three. Perfect spot. Right. I know you're a big Nick Chubb fan. And uh, when he has that sex offender hand on the wall, we'll see what he can do <laughs> next year. At number two, the king, Derrick Henry. Oh, you just dethroned the king like that? Put him at number two? The man's 30 years old as but a running back. he still puts up them numbers. Runs. At number one, my man, Christian McCaffrey. That's the most biased pick I've heard so far. Come on. I mean, he's good. I mean, he's definitely top three. But, like, imagine how much better you guys would be with Derrick Henry. Yeah, for the run-heavy offense the Niners have, but the versatility of Christian McCaffrey also helps because he's a pass catcher. Like, who knows if Brock Purdy has a good of a rookie season if he doesn't have McCaffrey to throw to 10 times a game. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no, I... It's it's tough for me because while Christian McCaffrey was hurt, I thought Derrick Henry was the best running back. 
but I think McCaffrey on the field gives you more because he's so versatile. I think that he would be a great slot receiver in the NFL. But that's my top 10 for the running backs. Colton, what's your, what do you love? What do you hate? My favorite one is probably having Austin Eckler at number four. I think he's underrated throughout the whole NFL, always has been. Even back when they had freaking Melvin Gordon there, I thought he was the better running back than Melvin Gordon for most of the time. And even like nowadays, he's obviously underrated. So I think that's a great pick. Obviously, the pick I do not like is Jonathan Taylor being below Saquon Barkley. He's even hurt more often than he is. Like, he's due for an injury, Saquon. So we'll see how that goes next year. Yeah, and he's playing under the, under the franchise tag, which is a good move for the Giants. But yeah. who do you think has the better season next year, Jonathan Taylor or, or Saquon Barkley? Oh, Jonathan Taylor. 100%. And what what do you think? What kind of numbers do you think he puts up? Yards, touchdowns? I don't think it's like the year he had two years ago where it's just crazy numbers. I think he probably puts up 1,300 yards, which is still pretty solid. And then he'll probably have, I'll say, 15 touchdowns. I think that's a fair prediction. <clears throat> but yeah. Okay, we're moving on to wide receivers here. At number 10, Scary Terry McLaurin. At number 9, Debo Samuel. Wow, you got Debo at 9. At 8, A.J. Brown. At 7, DeAndre Hopkins. At 6, Stephon Diggs. At 5, Jamar Chase. At 4, Tyreek Hill. At 3, Cooper Cup. 2, who I think should probably be number 1, but I stuck him at 2. Devontae Adams. And just for the hype, Justin Jefferson. He's at number 1. He had the best season last year, and he's only going to get better. Yeah, that that's true. He will get better. I think he is a solid number 1 pick. But what I don't understand is how do you put DeAndre Hopkins in your top 10? He's going to probably have his worst season ever next year because he didn't even do that good this year. Hey, granted, he was suspended, but he also has for doing steroids. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins, maybe it's a nostalgia of just watching him be a badass, catching one hand, one hand bombs, but I don't know. I think the Cardinals are going to deal him this offseason. He's going somewhere else, and I still think he's a top 10 caliber receiver. The dude's route running and hands are just unbelievable so i i really felt the need to stick him at seven and then i noticed you don't have uh waddle from miami on that list no i don't why not he's a, he's a really solid receiver yeah i like terry debo and aj brown all above him i think jan waddle's top 20 receiver in the league gonna be a great player he's pretty quick got good hands good route running ability but I don't know, Tyreek Hill, his teammate at fourth. And what I also think is really crazy is I, I don't have CeeDee Lamb on this list. Yeah, once again, I just I couldn't bump any of these guys off for CeeDee Lamb. I think DeAndre Hopkins is an absolute dog. So you think Scary Terry is better than CeeDee Lamb? I do. If you're making a team, you're going to take Scary Terry. Oh, yeah. Scary Terry, He's in every facet, he's been a better receiver since he's been in the league. And he's had bums throwing the ball. Yeah, that's true. CeeDee Lamb got to play across from Amari Cooper and all the hype with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, you know, who's allegedly a top 10 quarterback in the league. Not on my top 10, but I don't know. I just, I think that Scary Terry is a solid receiver and he's done nothing but put up 1,000 yard receiving since being in the league. And I don't know. I think 
that um, CeeDee Lamb had a great season last year. He kind of carried my fantasy team from time to time, but I still think Scary Terry's a better player. All right. So moving on here, um, I didn't want to do 10 tight ends because is there even 10 tight ends in the league, you know? So, And so I just bunched this in. I did top five tight ends and top five offensive linemen. So that's my my the end of my list for the offensive positions here. So we'll start with offensive linemen. At number five, I have Tristan Wirfs. At number four, assuming he doesn't retire, I have Jason Kelsey. At number three, Quentin Nelson. At two, Zach Martin. And at number one, daddy himself, Trent Williams. I think I think Quill Nelson's the best lineman in the NFL. And that's not just because I'm a Colts fan. Like, Are you sure? Every time he plays, dude, he's all pro. Every time he plays, he's always all pro. Key word. Every time he plays. The best ability is availability, Trump, all right? And Trent Williams, since joining the Niners, has done nothing but be the best at his position in the league. And Zach Martin, he's just been consistent, man. So yeah. I, I think that Quentin Nelson probably is better than Zach Martin, or he will be, or he has been throughout his career. But just the consistency for me. And I think Quentin Nelson is going to be an all-pro player for a lot of years to come. But I couldn't, as going into the next season, I could not put him above Trent Williams. I could maybe put him at two, but not above Trent. What about uh, Mike McGlinchey? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. He loves him. Yeah, just holding penalties every play. You know, dude couldn't pass protect a dead fetus. But moving past offensive linemen, my top five tight ends at number five, pretty much just because his name and his potential, I have Darren Waller just because he's had a solid career so far. So Darren Waller at number four, TJ Hawkinson at number three, Mark Andrews. And this pains me more than anything. But at number two, I have George Kittle. And obviously that leaves Travis Kelsey, arguably one of the best Titans of all time, at number one. And throughout my career as a Niners fan, I've been fighting for George Kittle to be the best tight end. Like for the, as long as I can remember since George Kittle's been in the league, I've been saying he's that dude. But like I just mentioned, the best of the best ability is availability, and Travis Kelsey has done nothing but tear up the league since he's been around. Yeah, that's fair. I really that's probably the best list I've seen for you so far. That that tight end list. Which is hard because I think George Kittle as like the position of tight end itself is actually better than Travis Kelsey, but Kelsey's a receiver, that's what yeah. he is. Yeah, but so you can't deny Kelsey the number one for tight end. But yeah, I like that list. Only thing I would probably mention is I think Ingram from the Jaguars will probably end up doing better than Darren Waller at some point. Yeah, as of last year, he definitely did. Evan Ingram was a guy that I was always super hyped about when he played for the Giants, and last year he did really good, and Darren Waller hardly played. But, yeah, I, I'm with you there. So, yeah, that's my uh, my top players per position on the offensive side of the ball. I think we'll um, introduce my defensive side of the ball here in another segment on another episode. But overall, Trump... On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank my my top 10 players per position? I'd give it an 8. Like, everything's pretty fair. You make some good points. One thing I think that you're probably missing out on is not having CeeDee Lamb in the top 10 for wide receivers and probably having Aaron Rodgers a little bit too low. But I think for the most part, that's pretty fair statements. 
And I'm excited to see how Cooper Cup does this next year, see if he can go back to that number one spot. Because obviously, he was hurt for most of the season last year, but I think if he gets it right, he could obviously be the number one again. Before Cooper Cup got hurt this past season, he was looking like the best receiver in the league. Oh, yeah. When you watch the Rams games, this dude was getting 20 targets a game. Yeah, third and 20, everyone knew where it was going. Cooper yeah. Cup. First and 10, Cooper Cup. Doesn't matter. Unguardable. And while we're on the topic of football here, Trump and I, uh, we may have mentioned before we come from Lincoln, Montana. Yeah. And we're not always proud of it, but we stuck it out through some tough times. Oh, yeah. And I'm proud to uh, admit that we carried not only that school, but that town as a whole from when <laughs> we were there. Okay? And that that's number that goes a number of directions. Not only... So my freshman year, we played six-man football all throughout high school. We didn't have a fucking team. No. And Trump and I didn't miss a single practice. Stuck it out playing six-man JV football the whole season just to play one game at the end of the year. Yeah, and then we got our fucking asses kicked, as you can imagine. Yeah. Can you imagine practicing against the air? You know, like running a play. It all, they all work perfectly, right? No plays ever get blown up because you're practicing against nobody. All right? Everyone got the blocking scheme down, and then all of a sudden hit the game, and it's like, what the hell is going on? But the thing is, we didn't have we didn't have enough players to field a six-man team. How many practices do you think we actually had six players show up? Probably like four, honestly. Like most of the time, you know, someone would skip practice or someone would not be at school that day. We had a lot of our friends join the team to just help us out and quit and all sorts of things. People that just were not athletes because some of the actual athletes decided not to play. Yeah, that's pretty depressing. But I do appreciate all the friends in high school that did try to play, even though they were not athletes at all. They just played just because they want to try to help me and Peyton out. So I do appreciate those guys. But yeah, it was kind of sad that we didn't get to have a season that year. It's a six-man team. We didn't have enough players. Like, that's outrageous. Like, in, in the one JV game we played, we had seven players, and it was atrocious. I was playing quarterback as a freshman when, really, I had no interest in playing the position. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of got thrown there because no one else is going to play a quarterback. No one else really knew the playbook. And we are a pretty run-first team when we did play. Yeah. I think I ran the ball like 20-something times that game. More than likely. And so it was a nightmare of a year. And not only did we carry the sports, but we were just involved in everything in the community. I played pet band for my own warm-ups to go and play a basketball game. Like, for those of you that don't know, former All-State trumpet player. Just, we had, like... In Lincoln, there's no, like, friend groups. Like, there's no, like, nerds, jocks, goths. I'm exaggerating here. Like, everyone kind of blends in because you have to play both roles. You had to be the guy in media class editing the film. You had to play on, on the band. You had to, like, be the academic nerd. You had to play the sports. There's nothing else to do. Yeah. That's one thing I did like about Lincoln is that everyone knew everyone and everyone... And you didn't, like, bully anybody because they were different. Or make fun of someone because they're a certain way. But the same same token, 
we didn't have a sports team. And that's what me and Peyton loved more than anything was playing sports. Yeah, I had a graduating class of nine kids, including myself. Yeah, that right there barely gets you a six-man football team if they're all males <laughs> and they all play. So yeah, our lives were pretty much hell. And we had contemplated countless times transferring to different schools, moving to different towns. But we simply just could not do it. Yeah, I just always wanted to bring, like, pride to Lincoln and try to make him just good at sports more than anything in this world when I was in high school. But, yeah, it was tough. And at times it just seemed like no one else really cared. And I'm not assuming that, that nobody cared, but, like, I don't know. I feel like that's a town that really could use something positive. I haven't watched Lincoln sports in years, so I can't. Well, it's hard because they don't even have a football team anymore. Yeah, it's been JV ever since ever since I left, basically. Yeah. Won't get into the reasons of that, but um, yeah, it's I don't and you see someone post on Facebook like, the Lincoln Lynx won a game by thirty points. I'm like, great, but they're playing against freshman and sophomore JV teams, and that's that doesn't at the end of the day that doesn't matter. You don't play high school sports to play JV. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully they can get a program going. I'm excited for the boys' basketball team, though. Like They seem like they're going to do some good things. they got some good young players. They won a district game this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. And now, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Tara's Opinions. Yeah. Joe Burrow is the best, the finest-looking man in the NFL. Joel Burrow, if you're listening, hit me up. Yo, what the fuck, dude? Colton's lovely wife, everyone. Even though I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo takes cake in that category, but it's not Peyton's opinion, it's Tara's opinion. And that's all we have time for today. That is the end of the episode. You have been listening to What Lincoln's Thinking. Bye, folks. Deuces.